Okay, if you have a Bible with you, please open up to Romans chapter 12. As has been my custom for the past few years, um, usually at the end of the year, a final service at the end of the year, and services at the beginning of the year, I try to offer you some prophetic insight, whatever God's revealed to me uh, for the coming year. And so I'd like to do that again this morning. Eventually we'll take a look at Romans 12. But um, just as a sense of review, I want to go back to what God gave me at the end of last year and just uh, share some of those things with you. Um, It's um, just a good reminder. It helps give me some level of accountability. And I say this every year, nobody bats a thousand. Sometimes I see things and I'll misinterpret them or, you know, or I just miss the timing on it, of it or I'm just plain wrong. But some of the things I shared last year did seem to come to pass. And so um, I'll share uh, those with you first. Uh, but let's pray. Father, I thank you that we have this time together. And I, um, I thank you for the people uh, with us today. I thank you for the people that you've so graciously and kindly entrusted to my care. And I ask that you'd bless them lavishly, extravagantly, and abundantly with your incredible love, with your awesome presence, with your power. I ask that you'd bless this time that we have together. I ask that you'd use me as an instrument in your hands to bless them. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So I shared some stuff with you last year. I think the last service that we had at the end of 2010 and the first service that we had in 2011, I just shared with you some prophetic insights and revelation I'd gotten. I just want to remind you of those things. I told you that I thought God was telling me that uh, the year 2011 was going to be a year of multiplied uh, transition. Um, And there would be revelation for people's journey uh, throughout the year. I told you I thought that the color that God showed me for the year was green, that it would be a a year that was fertile. And that to the degree that we were led by the Spirit, there would be produced in our lives fruitfulness and growth. Um, But that um, it was kind of like miracle grow. Whatever you put in that soil for the year would grow. And if And if there were not healthy things like jealousy or envy or pride, they too would flourish and be fruitful uh, for the year. I felt like the verse for the year that God had given me was Proverbs 25.2, that it would be a year of God speaking to us in parables and dreams, in mysteries and in riddles. And that God was doing that for this purpose. He was wooing us. And so he would give us these mysteries that would that would stir our hearts so that we'd press in and go deeper with him. Proverbs 25.2 says that it's the glory of God to conceal a matter. It's the glory of kings to search a matter out. I felt like um, in 2011 that many people were going to get new marching orders. remember during the service, Joe had done something on the drums, and I could feel um, the Spirit of God stirring in the drums. Sometimes. Sometimes he prophesies to me in the drums. And in, in the way that tribes would communicate to one another through drums, I can hear sometimes God speaking in the drums on that particular Sunday. And it, the drumming was, was especially anointed. I felt like people were getting new marching orders. And boy, didn't we see that? Didn't we see throughout the year, maybe to the most significant degree in the, in the history of our church, 
there was certainly transition and change and new marching orders uh, given to people. I've seen some pictures for the year. I've seen the, the earth like a beach ball. If somebody had made a beach ball and it looked like a globe, that's what I've seen, seen a picture of it, and it was getting bounced around. And so they knew that there would be significant changes that were going to happen in the earth, but I wanted you to know this, not to be too concerned about it. It wasn't going to amount to much. They would, we'd see a lot happen, and we certainly did, but nothing that, um, nothing that uh, deflated it, nothing that damaged it, nothing that brought it to an end in any way, shape, or form. Not to worry. There was a sense of Matthew 6. Um, don't worry about tomorrow. Everything was in God's hands. Another picture I seen last year um, was an old book. And it was worn out on the sides. Like, like a book that had been around for a long time and been well used. It was, it was showing the signs of, of, of use um, being worn out. Um, however, when you look that the inside of the book, it was illuminated. Light was coming from it. And inside, the pages were written in gold. And I, and I felt like God was uh, reminding me of 1 Samuel 16, 7, where God looks upon the heart. He doesn't judge on the outside. And, and my encouragement to you, my exhortation to you for last year, was not to judge the church, yourself or others, by the exterior. That the exterior might look pretty beaten up. Maybe you felt that way. Maybe our church seemed that way or other people appeared that way. But on the inside, there was light. And what was written on the inside of people was written in, by God's hand. It was written in gold. And so um, I felt like that was a real encouraging word uh, for, for our church and for you. I saw another picture. It was a stovetop. And there were four pots on the stove. And there was, something was cooking. I felt like God was cooking something up for us. And there were four different things in four pots. And it was a main dish that was being prepared. And in the picture, I could see that um, whatever he was cooking up, it wasn't ready to be served yet. It was still on the stove. It wasn't yet plated. And that there were four things cooking, a meat, a potato, a vegetable, and a gravy. And I felt like this is what it meant. That one of the things God was cooking up for us was meaty. That one of the things, like a potato, was quite fulfilling. There was a vegetable that was sustaining, and there was gravy. One thing was just going to be a blessing. And I think throughout the years, we've seen at really um, key point, this facility. You know, we made a change going from where the church had existed for a long time into this place. And that was, that was, um, it was a blessing, and it was sustaining. And the, at the last moment, isn't it amazing how he does that, right? You know, he provides. And we've seen him come through in incredibly sustaining ways, in ways that were blessing to us. And I told you that um, whatever it was, it smelled good, that God was cooking up something good for us. Um, I saw a couple other things. Um, I'm not sure that I'd seen this one come to pass yet. Maybe some of you have. I saw a needle and thread mending clothes, um, something that had been torn that needed to be mended. Um, the needle, the thread, and the torn clothes were all in God's hands. as He had both in his hands. And that um, uh, I felt like it was, there was a broken relationship being mended. Um, that the cloth had not been completely torn into. It was still attached on one end. And it looked to me like it was going to require nine stitches to repair it. I wondered if that was nine months. Um, maybe it could be nine years. I don't know. But some type of broken relationship mended. 
few other things I saw for last year. This is just to remind you, and it kind of is a sense of accountability for me. I saw a vine wrapped around a large, a lifeless tree. It was, the tree was gray. It had no bark on it. The tree was standing, but it, but it was dead. And there was great strength in this vine. And I remember pondering this image for a long time. God often speaks to me in pictures, and it takes me a little while to figure out, hey, what does this picture mean? And I felt like um, that Jesus was the vine, and that what the tree represented were, were long-standing, deep-rooted obstacles that had been a hindrance in our life, and that to let you know that Jesus had the strength, that he had the power and the authority as divine. He's divine, right? To be able to take down those things in our lives, those issues, those obstacles, those hindrances in our lives, even though they've been long-standing, even though they seem lifeless, that he could take them down in our lives. Another encouraging word that I had for you for last year was that under each family's house, I saw a well, a water well, and that these wells had been covered up, and these were good wells, these were God. These were things that God had established and he had set in place. And they were, they were old wells that um, were available to us. And that if we would dig up the old wells again, they would be available to us. Fresh, a living water, refreshment. And that it was personal. It, it was not something that was so much available for the church as a whole, but for each one of you. You had access to the things of the Spirit, to God, in your own home and for your own uh, families. And I felt like God was going to reveal himself in, in significant ways, in particular ways. That this year that we would experience the jealousy of God. That he's a, scripture tells us that he's a jealous God. And that he wants nothing and no one to stand between us and him. He's jealous of his relationship with each one of us, uh, personally and individually. That there was a sense of his passionate love for us. That's uh, the one song that, that we'll sing. He is jealous for me, right? Love like a hurricane, I am a tree. There's a sense of the passionate, jealous love uh, of God. The kana of God, as it were. That, he was pa- that in this past year, he would be passionately pursuing the object of his divine affection. And that's you. That's you personally. He would be pursuing you. I felt also that there would be a, a season where he was revealing himself to us as Abba, as Papa. That there was a transition from slavery and fear to sonship and to the intimate nature of God as Papa. Let's see, just a couple other things and I'll go on to some of the stuff he, he showed me for this year. Um, I'm not sure still what this one was, but I saw a ceramic jar. And it was being pushed up from underground by a large hand. I believe the hand of God. And this jaw was propelled into the sky. And then the sword came and it sliced it in half from right to left, spilling out many gold coins onto the ground. I felt like that meant that he was going to lift us up and he was going to open us up. And out of us would pour treasure uh, from the hand of God. That's what I saw last year. I could see it now like I saw it then. Still not exactly sure. Uh, what that meant. Maybe it makes sense to some of your lives. And finally, and I think this was one of the more significant things I saw last year, was a new deal. I remember it was like looking at the scene from an, from an old western, 
like a bunch of men sitting in a tavern, sitting in a, a watering hole in an old western, and they're sitting around the table, and the dealer is dealing cards. And, um, and uh, the dealer had, had collected all the cards from all the players. He shuffled the deck thoroughly, and he, and he dealt out a new hand. I felt like there was a new deal coming. And I felt like the players at the table represented locations, and that the dealer was God, and that the cards were people. That God was taking people. I felt like he was taking our people, the people from the bridge Long Island, and he was shuffling the deck. This is something he was doing. And that he was dealing out the cards, and he was going to send people to new places. And I think we've seen from somewhere between the third, maybe as much as a half of our people uh, throughout the year, exactly that thing happened. God took people and he put them in new places. I got to tell you, I'm not always really happy about that. But it was really comforting six months before it happened to, that God would give a picture saying that this was something he was doing. It wasn't the devil doing it. It wasn't the enemy. It wasn't warfare. It was God, you know. Sometimes God acts like God. You know? And I told you this, it can be pretty annoying, but he does do that. And I've told you since I got here, hey, if God could move a pastor around from state to state as his bidding, why can't he move people around from town to town or from church to church if he wanted to? I think he has a right to do that. And it's good and it's okay. And so throughout this year, we saw God shuffling the deck, that there would be new groupings of people in new places. And it wasn't random, it wasn't by chance, it was the sovereignty of God. It was the Almighty God, a loving Father, uh, doing what He felt was best for His people. And so I think we saw a bunch of those things, the majority of those things come to pass uh, in the past year. Um, and some of them maybe are still on the table, I'm, I'm not quite sure. But um, knowing that this would be our, our last service for 2011, I spent some time pressing in yesterday and uh, seeking God and asking Him, okay, Lord, so show me something. Show me some things for 2012. Give me some insight for this coming year so that I could, you know, offer that to you guys. And, and, and these are the things that He showed to me um, for the coming year. I felt like the, the, the date was significant. The 2012 is, is a significant date. That the number 12 was significant for the coming year. And for those of us who've taken the streams courses, we know that the, that the number 12 represents government and authority. And it's, so it's not surprising that this is an, an election year uh, for our country. I felt that God would be modeling uh, this year for us, for our church, in our lives, His model of authority. Not the world's model of authority, that there'll be a contrast. And that his model for authority was relational and not positional authority. That we would see modeled for us in the coming years, in the coming year, especially mothers and fathers as opposed to CEOs. I think God's going to be modeling his church an authority that looks much more like moms and dads and not bosses. That there'll be one of the things that we see displayed in this coming year. And that this is how you'll be able to recognize the difference. This is one of the dipstick tests that you can use to see the difference. Mamas and papas 
that model, God's expression of authority, mamas and papas are more concerned with the finish line than they are with the bottom line. Okay? Mamas and papas, God's expression of authority, and number 12, in the coming year, mamas and papas are more concerned with the finish line than the bottom line. CEOs and bosses are concerned only with the bottom line. Ungodly authority has no problem making demands on you that you produce bricks without straw, right? That's what Pharaoh did in Egypt. He demanded that the uh, Hebrew slaves produce bricks without straw. His only concern was the bottom line, the dollars and cents. So I think um, that's one of the ways you'll see the difference. When you see, especially church authority expressed, where their only concern is dollars and cents, the bottom line, I don't think that's God's heart for the coming year. I think God's heart is one much more of a papa or a mama who's concerned with how people finish, getting people to the finish line, getting people to fulfill and complete their destiny, not so much concerned with, with the money. And so I think in 2012, we're going to see a continued clash between true and counterfeit authority in the church. And God will be making that, that difference um, even more stark. And so I think 2012 is going to be a year of new governmental authority. So don't be surprised if we see significant change in political arenas in this coming year, in this, in this presidential election. I felt like, um, like 12 was the color for the year, uh, the number for the year, that the color for this year is the color purple. Last year was the color green for 2011. 2012, I had a sense of God saying that purple was the, was the color for this year. And it, it also representing authority. And that in this year that we'll see both true and false authority expressed. We'll see, um, I think we'll see two shades of purple. I think one shade is going to be bright and vibrant, almost like a light emanating through it. And that that'll be the expression of true godly authority. But I think we'll also see a, a muddied, dull version of purple. And that's going to be um, the false authority. Kingdom authority versus worldly authority. Now, how do you get the color purple? Most of us learned as kids in school that you combine red and blue, and this is how you get purple, right? I think true authority, true godly authority is going to be an expression of wisdom and revelation. Wisdom being red, revelation being blue. It'll be the marrying of those two things. The revelation of God married with the wisdom of God, and we'll see true kingdom, godly authority expressed that way in the coming year. But there'll also be a false, um, a false authority, and it also will be mixtures of, of the colors red and blue. And it'll be um, anger on the red side, and information instead of revelation on the blue side. And so I think we'll see the false authority expressed this way. There'll be anger and frustration, even rage, Combined with statistical data and humanistic strategies to, to express a counterfeit authority. 
paraphrase James 1.20, says the anger of man does not produce the purposes of God. So here's another dipstick test where you want to recognize the, the differences between godly authority, worldly authority. How much anger is in the mix? To the degree that there's anger instead of wisdom, you'll be able to tell that this is earthly and not heavenly, that this is worldly and not kingdom authority being expressed. Another way to tell the difference will be this, the difference between love and lust. True godly authority will be expressed with the heart of God. It will be expressed with the love of God. It will be selfless. It will be a giving type of authority expressed, this purple. A giving that is selfless for the sake of others. The counterfeit is going to be just the opposite. This false authority will be manifested selfishly as lust. Where lust is a counterfeit for love, this counterfeit authority will be expressed in lustful ways. By taking, by any means, any means to the end, any means possible. And it will be a taking of possessions and positions. And even people, if possible, a taking of people for selfish gain and for personal glory. And so I think in this coming year, I think God, in his heart, his tension, his intention, his purpose is to express his authority. And we'll see a clash of those two. Is that making sense? So we'll see the number 12 is going to be significant this year. There's a sense of God's government and his authority. Plus, we'll see a counterfeit expressed. Um, and the color for the year is purple. And we'll see both um, the true expression and counterfeit for that as well. How do you tell the difference? Do you see love in operation? Do you see lust in operation? Do you see selflessness in operation? Or do you see selfishness in operation? Do you see a giving heart or a taking heart? These will be... Ways you'll be able to tell. I asked God for a verse for the year. He gave me the number 12 um, as the number for the year. The color purple is the color for the year. And I asked him for a verse. And he gave me all of Romans 12. I think the Romans chapter 12 is going to be a significant chapter for the year. That God will speak significantly to us in it. And in that chapter, especially uh, verse 2 will be um, significant. And verse 2 says this, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, His pleasing, and His perfect will. It kind of fits with what I've already been sharing, the contrast in the expression of authorities and the expression of colors. I think specifically Romans 12.2 will have application for us in the way that we do church. His ways are not our ways. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. Worldly principles will not produce kingdom results. Worldly principles will not produce kingdom results. Do not be conformed to the pattern of the world. Kingdom results do not look like worldly results. Another way of saying it, flesh will not produce spirit. Flesh produces flesh, <laughs> spirit produces spirit. 
I've shared with you all year long. I'm concerned about the church in America, the way we express what we call church. I mean, we are the church, but how we do this thing, the way we do community in church in America, I'm very concerned. I think, I'm convinced that we thought we could take worldly marketing principles, worldly business principles, and apply them to the church, and think that somehow we can produce godly results. And I don't think it could be done that way. I don't think it works. I think flesh produces flesh. Spirit produces spirit. We're trying to do right things the wrong way. And I don't think it works. I think it's a violation of Romans 12 too. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We think we can take the best from how the world does things, and we, we apply worldly models and measures of success, of bigger is better, mostly. That seems to be the driving principle. I think most of the responsibility falls at the feet of pastors, not so much members of churches. We think bigger is better, and we measure success by the size of our buildings and our budgets and our congregations. And we're willing to do almost anything to coerce and shame and manipulate people to get bigger budgets and bigger congregations and bigger buildings. His ways are not our ways. I'm concerned that we have for all too often conformed to the pattern of the world. We've not had our minds renewed. I think we'll see a difference. We're going to see that clash continue to happen in 2012. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. It doesn't say you can conform a little bit to the pattern of this world. right? Or you can conform to the pattern of this world and do it my way inside that pattern. No, I think he has a completely different pattern. And that with our minds transformed and renewed, we could see a new pattern in a new way. I think that's God's heart for the year. I think Romans 12.2 is the verse for the year. And I'm convinced that he will more and more reveal to us the contrasting differences between the kingdom, his kingdom, and the world. I love the way um, an old, early, paraphrased translation uh, take on Romans 12. Maybe some of you guys have been Christians a long time are familiar with uh, Philip's uh, New Testament, J.B. Phillips, his classical take on Romans 12 too. He says it this way, Do not let the world squeeze you into its own mold, but let God remold your mind from within. I'm concerned that too much the church has been squeezed into the world's mold. And I think God has a new mold. He's got a new and different way. I think the differences will become starkly apparent uh, in the coming years, and especially in the ways that authority is exercised. Staying with Romans 12, I think that there will be continued um, insight into the redemptive gifts of the Spirit that are listed in Romans 12, verses 6 to 8. And I believe there will be continued revelation concerning the mercy gift. 
I still think that we're in a mercy season. I think that's an overall sense of where the church is at today. And the rest of Romans 12, verses 9 to 21, I think are going to be practical application of the mercy gift. And they'll give us insight into how the the kingdom and the pattern that God wants to express, the differences between worldly authority and kingdom authority, worldly patterns and kingdom patterns, I think we can find great insight into what that looks like in Romans 12, verses 9 to 21. And let me just read those, those verses to you. It says, beginning of verse 9, Paul writes, Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor. Serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay evil. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room For God's wrath, for it's written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to to drink. In doing this, you'll heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Truly, his ways are not our ways. And his kingdom does not operate according to the standards of the world. Can you see that in verses 9 to 21? There's a stark difference. He does things differently. His authority is expressed in new and in different ways. His pattern is not the world's pattern. It's Verses 9 to 21 in Romans 12 are an extraordinary picture of the contrast in kingdom cultures. It's an astonishing picture of God's love and his mercy and his grace. And so I encourage you, I strongly encourage you to read and study and meditate and pray through Romans 12 in the coming year. I think that as you do that, you'll find life, you'll find encouragement, you'll find practical guidance again and again and again in this chapter throughout the coming year. So God gave me a verse for the year, Romans 12, 2, actually all of Romans 12. He gave me the color purple, he gave me the number 12, and then he he gave me a few pictures. And so I'll share the pictures with you and then interpret them. And so these are the pictures, the slash impressions that I've gotten for the coming year. Um, I saw a father walking hand in hand with a little girl and a little boy. I could see the picture from behind, walking down a path. And it was a very happy daddy. And he had a little girl in his right hand, a little boy in his 
in his left hand. And I felt like this was a picture of what Christianity will look like from God's perspective in 2012. It was not a picture of a warrior, of warriors with their commanding officer. It was not a picture of students with their professor. It was not a picture of patients with their doctor. It was not a picture of servants with their master. And it was not a picture of employees with their employer. It was a picture of a loving papa with his children. And I felt like this was the picture of how he wants to walk with you in the coming year as your loving daddy, as Papa. Overjoyed, delighted to be on a walk in the park on a beautiful day with his little girl and with his little boy. I believe that this is how he wants to walk with us in the coming year. I believe this is how he wants to communicate with us in the coming year. And I believe this is how he wants to teach us in the coming year. It's relational. It's tender. It's intimate. It's personal. It's loving. It's kind. It's very gentle. Like a papa would walk with little kids, this is how God wants to walk with you in the coming year. The next picture I seen was a gavel striking um, a judge's bench. And it struck three times. You know, in a courtroom, a gavel is used really for three things. A signal, attention, to bring to order, and to mark the conclusion of a transaction. And I believe what I saw in this gavel coming and rapping three times, bam, 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 three times on the bench, that it represented the end of pending cases. That it represented justice being rendered for injustices. And I felt like this was personal. It was for individuals who are here today. That there would be justice for you for the injustices that you've experienced in the past. So think about that for a second. You probably don't have to think long. In a nanosecond, can come to your mind the injustices that you've personally experienced. You could probably rattle them off. I felt like there is justice coming for your injustices. That there'll be divine justice rendered in 2012 for past injustices. And this will mark the conclusion of the matter in your life. Do you feel weight on that? I mean, I can, even as I share it, I can feel the weightiness on it. So, Father, do that. I ask that you would do that for every one of us. Lord, I ask that you would execute divine justice on behalf of your sons and your daughters. And Lord, matters that have been lingering, that have been hanging in the air, hanging over our heads, I pray that you would bring those matters to an end. That there would be a conclusion. Do that, Lord. Actually, you would do that. And the next picture I seen was, um, it was more of an impression than a picture. I felt like there was going to be, um, I heard this phrase, the prophets of Hollywood. Look for the prophets of Hollywood. I felt like movies were going to continue to prophesy to our nation. So pay attention. I felt like parables, movies would come out that would be metaphoric messages in the year 2012. 
Now, I think this means that they'll have to be interpreted. The, the, the message may not be clear um, on, on, face, on its face. You'll have to look deeper. But look for the prophets of Hollywood. I think top-crossing movies as well as little-known flicks are going to have prophetic messages uh, in the year to come. I felt he's going to be on the big screen and on the small screen. Movies uh, out in the theaters, but also movies on television. So look for the prophets of Hollywood. And that um, they would be aimed at the heart and not the head. The messages would represent the heart of God, touching the hearts of men. Prophets of Hollywood. Another thing I sensed for 2012 was that there would be medical breakthroughs concerning the issues of blood. I don't have full revelation on this. I just give you what I got. And the end of next year, we'll see if I'm, <laughs> if I'm right on any of them, okay? But I felt like there was going to be medical breakthrough concerning issues of blood. Uh, that there would be cure for blood-borne diseases. And that the breakthrough in one disease would open the way uh, for, for cures concerning many other diseases. Bloodborne diseases. So look for the prophets of Hollywood. Pay attention to cures of bloodborne diseases. One more thing I saw. I saw an open box, a gift wrapped box that was open, and it was it was a cube shaped box, and it it kind of looked like it could be Christmas paper, colorful, shiny, bright paper. It could have been paper on a birthday present. But the box was open and the gift was out. So I kind of looked at that for a few seconds and I kind of had a sense of what it, what it meant. I think in 2012 we're going to begin to see the gifts of the Holy Spirit let out of the box in mainline denominational churches. Denominational churches. I think mainline Protestant churches especially, Baptist churches, Methodist churches, we're going to see a release of the gifts of the Spirit uh, in these churches. I think the more in the box the church is, to the, we'll see the greater releases of the gifts of the Spirit. I believe it's divine justice that's due to the founders of those denominations. That some of this justice has been building... Um, for generations, some it's even been centuries that it's been building. And so I think the more in the box the church has been, it's just that much more that the gifts of the Spirit have been building under pressure and there'll be this powerful release that's coming. I think this is significant. We're going to see this begin to happen in the year to come. And let me tell you, boy, is it going to be messy. It's going to be incredibly messy for these churches. And the picture that I had of the mess was like Christmas morning. You know what Christmas morning looks like in most living rooms after all the gifts have been opened? Man, there's ribbon everywhere, right? There's torn pieces of paper everywhere. Kids are running wild. They're, they are as excited and as hyper as could be. That's what church is going to look like in some of these mainline denominational churches. It's going to be messy. There's going to be an explosion of joy and delight and gifts that have just been given out. Gifts that are new to the people who receive them, and most of them are not going to know how to use them. It's going to be very, 
very messy. It's going to be wonderful. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. And there's going to be opportunity there. For, for those who have walked in, in um, more Pentecostal or charismatic or spirit-filled churches over the last generation, there's going to be opportunity for us to express the father heart of God, the mother heart of God, to some of these people. They're going to need to be nurtured. They're going to need help. They're going to need mothers and fathers to help them clean up the mess and not throw away the toys. Because isn't that what we do on Christmas morning? We clean up the messy part. We're not going to throw the gifts away. The gifts are priceless, right? And there'll be some people who are going to be really disturbed about the mess. But we have an opportunity to help them enjoy the gift and not hurt themselves with the gifts, right? Any, anybody here ever had a child who got a gift for Christmas and you're thinking, oh my God, you know, first pocket knife your son ever got on Christmas morning, right? He's thrilled that this pocket knife does 47 different things, right? And mama's concerned he's going to hurt himself with that. Well, I think that's what it's going to look like for some of these mainline denominational churches as the gifts of the Spirit begin to be let out of the box, as it were, in their midst. And some of us who've been doing this stuff for a long time, we're not to come in as heavy-handed, as judgmental, as restrictive. I think this is where some of the government of God and some of the heart of God and truly the authority of God will be released. If we go in with the nature of God, if we go in as a mama and a papa, holding the hands of little children and going for a walk in the park and teaching that way and loving that way and helping that way, we can have a huge impact on the next generation of what God's going to be doing in his church. I think there are some out there, and I think there are times I've been in this camp where it's like, you know what, let's just take all these mainline denominational churches and let's just plow down the buildings. And I think the heart of God is very different than that. I think he loves every person that is stuck in those boxes, and it's his heart and his attention to let his gifts out of the box. But they're going to need help. They're going to need to be, they're going to need to be fathered in that hour. Now listen to me. The last generation, we really messed this up. I was raised Catholic. And when the charismatic renewal hit the Catholic Church in the 70s, we were incredibly messy. We had no idea what we were doing. I can remember as a 17, 18-year-old, filled with the Holy Spirit, I'm not sure if I could find John 3.16 in the Bible. I knew those little numbers were in there. I didn't know why. And I'm leading prayer meetings with 250 people a week in the church basement on a Wednesday night. I had no idea what I was doing. But God showed up every week. We were, by and large, so messy because we were fatherless. We were motherless. The people who had the responsibility to father and mother the next move of God had so much judgment against the Catholic Church that they abandoned us. We can do it different this time. I want it to be different this time. I feel personally, I feel so much weight personally on me to go and mother and father the next group of people, so that they're not fatherless like we were fatherless. And don't be surprised if just like in the 70s, when the Holy Spirit blew up in the Catholic Church, 
that God takes some mainline denominational churches that spirit-filled people have just about written off and watch God move in their midst. And I think this is what he'll have us do. He'll have us go there. He'll have us walk among them. He'll have us move in and live with them to love them and to nurture them and to love them and to parent them and to care for them and to help them and to freely give to them all that has freely been given to us so that they can um, experience the wondrous gift of the Spirit of God in their lives. I think he's going to do it. It's not our place to judge them. It's not our place to criticize them. It's not our place in any way, shape, or form to lord over them. It's our place to walk with them hand in hand and offer to them the wealth of the riches of what God's built in us. Any good stuff he's given us, I think it's our place to give to them. So wouldn't it be nice if it doesn't take them 30 years or 40 years or 50 years to move forward in the things of the Spirit? What if they could do in one year what took us 10 years to do? What if they could do in two years what took us 25 years to do? That sounds like the heart of God. That sounds like justice. I think that's something God would do. So just to summarize, I felt like the number for the year is 12, that there would be new expressions. Can you see how the last thing I shared fits with the first thing I shared? That there would be new expressions of government and authority in the coming year. God has different ways of doing things. That the color for the year was purple, and it's a mixture of red and blue, of wisdom, and revelation expressing the heart of God. Paul prayed for the church of Ephesus that they would have the spirit of wisdom and revelation. For what? To know him better. I believe that in the coming year there will be a revelation, of, there will be a release of the, of the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Just like Paul prayed for the church in Ephesus. For this, for this purpose, to this end, that we would know him better. That we'd know his ways, that we'd know his heart, that we'd know his mind that we know his love for us much, much better. I felt like the verse for the year was all of Romans chapter 12, but especially verse 2. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, his pleasing, and his perfect will. I felt like God was going to be revealing himself to us, continuing to reveal himself to us in the coming year as Papa. Not as our commanding officer. Not as our professor. Not as our doctor. Not as our boss or, our, or the slave master. Though he, all, all of those can be expressions of God. I think primarily and first and foremost, he will be revealing himself to us as Papa. As the loving Papa who's on a walk with his kids. And he's having a great time. That's how he'll teach us. That's how he'll instruct us. That's how he'll reveal himself to us. I saw the gavel strike three times. That there will be long-standing issues that will be settled. It will be the conclusion of the, matter, of the matter in the coming year. There will be final resolution. There are some things that have been hanging over us, that have been lingering in our lives, that we really need closure on. I think we'll see those matters concluded and there will be divine justice revealed. It will be executed for our lives. 
Look for the prophets of Hollywood. There's going to be prophetic movies coming out in 2012. I think there's going to be medical breakthroughs concerning the issues of blood. And a major thing, we'll begin to see, we'll see the first stages of the release of the gifts of the Spirit in mainline denominational churches. That's what I, that's the stuff that God's shown me. So let's pray. I kind of feel stirring right now just of prophetic gifts and I don't want to. I don't want to miss uh, that opportunity to just share with you anything else that that God might give me. So, Lord, I thank you for your presence, and Lord, for those things that you're on, that that your life is truly in. Would you just breathe on those? Would you breathe on them? And what's little fires make them big fires? And Lord, we ask you right now. We thank you that for decades. For generations, we've enjoyed the outpouring of your spirit in our lives. We pray for our brothers and sisters. For those who have been locked in prison, they've been in the box, Lord, they've not been free. We pray for them that they would know good news. That their eyes, their spiritual eyes would be open, and Lord, that you would set them free. And we ask for a great outpouring of your spirit, that there would be a release of divine justice. And Lord, I pray that we would see that in Baptist churches, that in Methodist churches, that we'd see it in Lutheran churches, that we'd see it again in the Catholic church. Lord, we ask for a mighty release of your spirit for our brothers and sisters. Let it be so, God. We ask that your spirit would move. Do it, Lord. We pray for the prophets of Hollywood. Speak to the men and women who work there, who labor there. We ask, Lord, that you would give them divine inspiration and that you would speak your heart to your people, whether they realize it or not. Use them. Use them in big ways and in small ways. Do it, O oh God. Do it, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hmm. Do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. Bless your name, ask that you do it. Thank you, Lord. Bless you. Thank you, Lord. So I see a couple of things this morning. Um, Erica, I just see light just shining on you. It's like it's it's like golden light and it's just emanating on you in a powerful way. It's like a a light coming down from above, and just everything is shining, and it's, it's golden. I think that um, um, the favor of God rests on you right now, that it's a season of favor. Um, I'm reminded uh, now, um, you put something on Facebook about winning a television, right? And I think that that, I really think that's a prophetic picture for you, that there's, there's new vision, grand new vision, freely given to you in the coming year, and it's just a picture of the favor of God that rests on you right now. I think he's going to open your eyes to see old things in new ways and that he and that it's um it's just the beginning of blessing and of gifts that are going to be poured out for you, the desires of your heart. I think there's a season coming where the desires of your heart are going to be fulfilled. Some things um, that maybe you've even gotten to the point of I'm not even going to think about that or hope for that anymore. Um, just like the television was surprised, I think these other desires of your heart or a surprise. And so every time you look at that, let it be a reminder to you of the goodness of God and the favor of God and the blessing of God that rests on you uh, in the season. So bless Erica, God. And I ask that you would grant her the desires of her heart 
in, the, in ways rock her world, blow her mind, do God-sized things in her midst, act, act like God in her life, and have your way. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. The other thing I see is this. And let me encourage you with this, if I can. Um, There's a cooking device, and there's a name for it. You put a potato in it, then you kind of squeeze the potato out. Is it a ricer? Is that what it's called? A potato ricer? That's what I see. I see one thing coming in and lots of little things coming out. And, And I think that's us. I think that's the bridge Long Island. We're like that potato that's going in the ricer. And the pressure that we've been under is um, it's the preparation of God so that people could be released. And I feel like this is going to happen in the coming year. And I mean this in the best possible way. God has put awesome, wonderful things in each and every one of you. And that you, you have within you Um, a message of freedom. What's been imparted to you in the last two years, especially, is a message of freedom. And that God's going to begin to send you guys to new places to be exporters of freedom. That you will be exporters of freedom. And that you will... um, you will begin to spread that message of freedom and it's going to infect them like it infected you. So don't be surprised if you see one thing become many things. If you see one thing become lots of little things where it gets to be spread out. And it's good. And it's God. And it's, and it's in His hand. So you get to be exporters of freedom in the coming year. I'm not sure what that's going to look like. But it'll be good. Let's see. What else do I see? I just see light on you three ladies. So happy to have you visiting with us today from uh, the internship program up uh, in Vancouver. So I just see light. light on the three of you. I see three and two and one. Three, two, one. What does that mean, Lord? Three, two, one. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. So um, there, there's, um, there's things that you've been working toward. And, um, and you're going to see them begin to unfold in that way. It's almost like a countdown. Three, two, one, lift off, right? That there'll be a countdown that's coming. And I think, I'm sorry, I don't remember your names. On the end here, it's going to start with you. You're going to see three things come to pass that you've been hoping on, that you've been believing for. And they're going to come to pass. And when they come to pass, you can count on it that you're next. And things are going to come to pass for you. And with the unfolding of the things in your life, the, the, the next things will come to pass for you. Three, two, one. And you'll see the fulfillment of all of it. And I think it's going to happen over the next year uh, for all three of you. Um, and that you'll be able to rejoice uh, together over it. Um, this is, some of these things are... You're connected with one another, and some of them are very much separate and, and apart uh, for you guys. Um, but you'll all get to rejoice together 
when things come to their, to their final end. And so, Lord, I have no idea <laughs> what those specific things are, but we ask uh, today uh, for these ladies that you do that. You do exactly that. The things they've been working towards, the things they've been hoping for. And some of these things, it's almost like, um, like the, the launch of a, of a rocket. You know, everything is building to that moment of liftoff. And, and there's, um, there's years of planning and thousands of man hours that are invested into that one moment of liftoff. And I feel like things are, things are coming um, to that point. They're coming to that, to that point of launch. And, and so, Lord, make it so. Make it so. All the, all the work that you've done, Lord, to bring them to this place, all the... Um, all the uh, investment of the, of the lives of men and women, the, the, the thousands, maybe the tens of thousands of hours that, that's been poured into them. Lord, I pray that you bring those three things to pass, those two things to pass, that one thing to pass, so they could all see it uh, launch together, um, see an explosion of your presence and your power and your glory in their lives. Do that, Lord. Do it. Make it so. Bless them. Bless them, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just see um, I just see light on Joe and Trish. I just want to bless you guys today. And I feel like there's going to be significant change for the two of you in 2012. Um, the path that I see you on, there's going to be a, like a 90-degree turn. And it's going to take you off of this path. And um, it's going to take you to another path. You know, on Long Island, you got the southern state, you got the northern state, right? And we have all of these uh, roads that will connect the two of them. It seems like um, I, I'm, I'm not necessarily prophesying geography, but I'm using analogy right now. It's like you've been on the southern state, and you're going to make a right-hand turn, and you're going to be going to a much higher way. You're going to go to the northern state highway. And so you're, on, you're headed in the right direction. You guys are you're on, you're headed in the right direction, but he's going to put you on a different path. And so there's going to be a 90-degree change that comes that's going to take you to a higher level, a higher road, and then there'll be another change, so you can, can, another change so that you can get on that highway, that highway and get to your destiny much more easily and, and much more quickly. And so I just bless you with those changes. God's making change, and it's good change. And some of it's stuff that you've been praying for for a long time as well. So I just speak blessing and favor. I just speak his purposes and what I see him doing in your life, you know, on you. I bless you guys. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Remember as a kid, we'd watch cartoons, and sometimes the cartoon characters would sing, and you get to follow the bouncing ball as the ball would bounce on all the words of the song. And that's what I kind of see on almost everybody in the room. There's like this, like this little ball that's bouncing on your head. And <laughs> he speaks to me in strange ways sometimes. But is, there is the, activity, <laughs> is the activity of God on every one of you. Every single, single one of you. And there's a rhythm, there's a tempo to what God is doing. And so I ask that you would just touch each person. Touch them, Lord. And Lord, there's, there's different needs in the room. A lot of people here today have financial needs. Lord, I ask that you bless and meet their very tangible, practical financial needs. Lord, there are some people in the room that have physical needs. There's brokenness in their body. And just let that, it's like it's different color balls bouncing on different people. Lord, I pray that there would be healing on the, on the bodies that, that need healing. Let them see the fullness of that, oh God. 
Thank you, Lord. Lord, there's others that need wisdom. There's big decisions that have to be made. Decisions that are going to um, alter the course of their families for the future. And Lord, I ask that there would be a release of divine wisdom and insight. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That's good. Now, just as I pray for that, this, you know, I kind of try and teach as I, what I see. I see the balls, they're not bouncing anymore. It's kind of like they've rested and they've gone into each of you. And I just see them into your heart. Like they've just kind of gone through the top of your head, down into your heart. And Lord, I pray that your word would be written upon the hearts of your people. That you touch them, that, they, that you would know the Father's love for you. That they would know you intimately, and personally, and experientially. Make it so, God. Just bless them. Do that, oh God. Thank you, Lord. Hmm. So hold on a second. Like I'm tempted to end, but it feels like there's still a little, a little something stirring in there. What is it, Lord? What is it, Lord? Thank you, Jesus. Okay, I, I think it goes back to what I was saying about that Christmas present that was opening and the potato going through that ricer device. I think that we have a role to play. I think the people here in this room, I think when God's showing me that picture, he wants you to know there's an invitation to you. He's not going to demand anything of you. He's not going to make you force you to do anything. But there's opportunity and there's invitation. If you say yes, I believe that God will do this in the years to come. That he will send you as a messenger of freedom, as a mama and a papa, to parent a move of the Spirit in places where the Spirit has not moved in a very long time. He's going to use, there's an opportunity, an invitation to use you to take the very things that God's given you and freely give them away to others for, for these purposes, okay? For these three purposes. You can write these down if you want. This is your invitation. To tell people good news. To open blind spiritual eyes so they can see. And to set people free. There's invitation for every person here today concerning those mainline denominational churches where there is a coming release of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You're being invited to help lovingly mother and father these people. And to do three things for them. One is to tell them good news. They need to hear good news. They need to know that God is good and that God loves them. And you, get to, you can tell them that. The second thing is this. There's an invitation, an opportunity, if you want it, to not only tell them good news, but to help open blind spiritual eyes so that they have eyes that can see in the spiritual realm. And there's an opportunity invitation for each one of you for this last thing. And that's to help set the captives free. To set people free. To set free people who have been in bondage. This invitation. I think this invitation is going out far and wide throughout God's church. And this invitation has gone out to each one of you today. Whew. Okay. I feel like I got it all out of me. So I thank you for the Bridge Long Island. I thank you for my friends. I thank you for this past year and for how you've worked and moved in our lives. And Lord, I thank you for what you're going to do in the coming year. Lord, we offer ourselves to you. 
We ask that we would be transformed by the renewing of our mind. That we would not be squeezed into the world's mold, but Lord, that you would shape us and form us in your own hands. That you'd have your way with us. Lord, I pray that you would use us as, as messengers of freedom, as agents of freedom. That you'd use us, oh God, to affect <laughs> the rest of your church with the message of freedom. Use us, I pray, as messengers of good news. Use us to open blind spiritual eyes. Use us, oh God, to set captives free. Please use us. And ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I love you guys dearly. From Nadine and I, uh, we wish each of you a very uh, Merry Christmas. And if we don't see you before that, uh, a very happy new year. And um, you guys enjoy the rest of your day. Amen.